What is this? This is called a change of plan. Yeah, that's right. We're changing your plan. They changed our plan to change your plan. Right, Buzz? The new plan. What was it? Break your legs and make you walk back. I like that. But first, it's time to play a little game of peekaboo. I see you. Welcome to Generation Lots, the show about <laughs> movies with, <laughs> with Bryn. And Jeremy. That doesn't take itself too seriously. And this week is uniquely cozy and not chipper, <laughs> despite what Bryn would have you believe in this moment. Not chipper? <laughs> not chipper. No, in fact, we just woke up. Yeah. <laughs> It's the morning. It's the morning I'm over drink, here. I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> I literally am. I am not as hungover as I perhaps should be considering how stupid I drank last night. But last he night was... You drank dummy stupid. I drank dummy stupid. <laughs> and uh, it was the it was the nuptials of one Joe Strix, former mm-hmm. guest, friend of the show. Of course. Uh, to his beautiful wife, Amanda. And um, I got fucking stupid drunk and... Uh, <laughs> Smoked a, a bunch of cigarettes, and oh. I really was just really stupid, and I tying, should be fucking. One on. I really should have. Uh, <laughs> I, and I didn't drink any water either. I realized what. Yeah, I realized at, at night you were drinking water, right? When you got back, no, you didn't. No, no, no. I didn't have any water when I got back here either. I had a fucking piece of cake though. <laughs> The gooey butter cake. The gooey butter cake, which absolutely just pulled even more water out of my system. (laughs) Yeah, I woke up at like four in the morning or something, and I was like in the hot couch zone. Yeah, you're like, let's fucking watch a show. (laughs) It's like, all right. (laughs) Jeremy is staying at my house for the wedding uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, So we're hanging out in person. We are going, we're able to hang out. Hang out. It's nice. I have a cold and Jeremy doesn't care. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just getting over a cold. So I oh. feel like I probably. And the other thing is like, I don't know, man, this time of year with a kid in daycare, it kind of just feels like I'm forever having a cold. Chris said that he was like, Jeremy's probably immune to colds now from having a child. If if I'm not immune to it, then I'm just constantly with it. So it's like there's no end to being sick, you know? Yeah. You just are sick until your kid is like seven or eight years old. <laughs> That sounds very annoying. Well, anyway, it is the end of spooky season. It's no longer spooky season. We're on to a new generic cycle. <laughs> uh, a very brief one, though. A, a very two, brief one. A two-week uh, two reprieve from themed months before we begin World uh, Cup. the World Cup, <laughs> the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> yes, World Cup movies, uh, and that will be later in November. Yeah, but once the now, World Cup starts, we're going to be watching... I'm making Bryn watch four different soccer movies. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what they are. So I get two movies of whatever I want. Yes. Um, and... And then we spend a month talking about soccer. the beautiful game. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they call it? The beautiful game, I thought yes. that was chess. 
Is that not chess? I mean, chess is like the the thinking man's game. Mm, I don't like chess. It's uh, it's beautiful. I like um, Go better than chess. Oh it's damn, cool. Alex is he's on one right now. What is it? He's here. No, he's you be on he's the on his way to the area. I said, meet me at Bryn's house, and he says. Brins is like 20 minutes from the train, bro. <laughs> Either pick a place or meet me at Wyckoff. <laughs> Damn, Alex. Uh, well, until we figure that out, <laughs> what have you watched this week? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. You're welcome. Bryn, I watched uh, the hit new film, Halloween ends. <laughs> yes, David Gordon Green's finale of his finale the of his trilogy of the trilogy of Halloween that really felt like it needed to be made. <laughs> yeah, after Halloween Kills left us on such a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. uh, we had to know what happened. What's going? What's what's Michael Myers up to? Wow. So Michael <laughs> is living under a bridge. Um, he escapes at the end of Halloween Kills, and uh, he lives under a bridge where he's, um, I guess, like like homeless yeah he's definitely homeless uh he's like lost his power i guess serial killers he's uh he's lost his strength and he needs to regain it what and i guess like he regains he's not a superhero yeah i guess he is he he, uh he regains his strength (laughs) by like witnessing evil (laughs) just looking at it (laughs) just looking at it so he like this kid like murders in front of him and like gets him off and then he's like able to start Hell yeah, dude. He's, he's able to start <laughs> killing again but um that helps that's it that's all he needed just one i think it's a couple and then like the kid like brings people he like lures people down under the bridge for michael to like first he kills in front of him then he like holds a guy while michael kills him it's all really weird and eventually michael gets better and he can leave and go kill for real okay um but the story <laughs> the story is crazy because we don't see Michael for the first like half hour. Um, the beginning of the movie, and this is I, I wrote on Letterboxd as a as a like warning to to any parent of a young child, just uh-huh. don't watch this movie. There's no <laughs> reason to. Because I, I'll right out of the way, not a recommend from me. Okay. <laughs> not a recommend from me. The first thing that happens in the movie is a very visible death of a small child. Um, like gory it's not exactly gory but it is extremely visible like a kid so it's like we have a main character who is babysitting a young child and the child is like pranking him by like locking him in the attic and the kid is like claustrophobic or whatever so he's like kicking the door to try to get out and eventually kicks it and it knocks the kid over the banister and he falls down oh no fucking dies (laughs) and you see the kid hit the ground and bounce back up and then down again. Like you see a really, a really, a visceral, really visceral like... image of a child's neck breaking basically <laughs> and like dying. And and that's like the first like three minutes of the movie. <laughs> no warning. No. It's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. Yeah. But I mean, movie. it's a slasher. And generally speaking, slashers have some rules. Usually and not kids. It's usually not kids. And if it is a kid, it's off camera. And if it is a kid there's like some lead up to it that would lead you to be like okay let me look away you know (laughs) um maybe i don't want to see this yeah so it's an extremely um it's an extremely hard thing to look at uh and uh uh, process so that sucks and then uh the rest of the story is that that kid uh the the babysitter 
becomes kind of like ostracized in the community because he, uh, you know, was witness to a murder. I mean, or, you know, like he, a, he, her- a horrible death. There was a horrible accident that was kind of his fault, but kind of not. Uh-huh. Uh, he doesn't go to jail or anything, but the town just bullies him. And it's a town like full Halloween. of like, it's like Hubie <laughs> Halloween. It's like the town is full of like the cruelest, most evil people. Oh, really? They're like constantly like, they're like, uh, like a prank would be like these kids like throw him off a bridge. <laughs> and like that's how he finds Michael is these kids throw him off the bridge. Um, he survives? Yeah, yeah, it's not a big bridge. Oh. It's like an overpass. Okay. Down to like a little creek. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah, he's just bullied and bullied and bullied until eventually he snaps and uh, he he starts killing. Like, all and right. so he's kind of like a protege to Michael. And there's like some interesting stuff here where like he's, his acting is interesting once he snaps and once he starts killing. Uh, he starts to like act like michael but without a mask you know yeah just like, like standing places and yeah looking. he's like standing places and like the way that he'll like kind of like stare at stuff is really interesting Jeremy's tilting his head yeah he's like tilting <laughs> his head and like staring through stuff and you're like i guess i never noticed how much that's a michael myers thing yeah but once he starts doing it you're like oh my god yeah he's doing it that's crazy so that's interesting <laughs> yeah. michael myers is like okay you're gonna stand and then tilt your head. Tilt a little bit. And that bit. really helps. And then tilt a little bit the other yeah. way. <laughs> um, like this? No, no, no. But so, yeah, Slower. they go on a killing spree together. Um, Lori is around. She's moved past everything now. I'm done with it. Which is crazy because in the fiction of the story, uh, the original Halloween happens when she's a child then she is traumatized by it and becomes like a prepper freak with yeah. her gadget house. Stupid. Uh, and, and and spends years, you know, she, but she, for all she knows, Michael is locked up safely in a penitentiary, right? Uh, mm. Then the events of Halloween and Halloween Kills happen, right. which are way crazier than what happens in regular Halloween. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then he gets away. He's out there somewhere. And, and she's, she's like, like, I'm ready to move on. I fucking don't care anymore. I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm moving on and I'm writing a book. <laughs> oh, so she that, writes a book about fear in. and evil and whatever. And like, it's really stupid. I'm becoming a, a, a grifter on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then her granddaughter who He's survives. Kill mentally disabled people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just some like crazy ass eugenics Twitter person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so she um uh, uh 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 oh her granddaughter who survives halloween kills um she starts dating the guy the bullied guy uh oh good because she's like you know you're ostracized in this community i'm ostracized in this community and he's like what and she's like, you know, like I'm like the survivor girl and everybody looks at me weird. And he's like, it's really not the same sort of thing here. Like people think I murdered a child. Yeah. <laughs> you survived a traumatic ordeal. It's really very yeah, different. You're kind of a hero. Yeah. You're someone people look you know, pity on. And but I'm... I'm evil. Yeah. <laughs> so he starts doing this killing spree, hiding it from her. It's pretty funny to be like, Oh, you think I murdered a child? Watch this. <laughs> Maybe I will. Well, the thing is, though, that the people that he's killing are genuinely really, really mean to him. 
you know, oh, like they so do really awful his... things to him. At first, you're on his side, but then he starts to kind of like break bad a little too much. And then Michael comes out and you're like, this is way too <laughs> on much. On the fourth murder, it's starting to get bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, to make a long story short here, uh, eventually Lori becomes suspicious of him and she's like, I can see the evil in him. Look at him. He's tilting his head weird. Look like, at him. <laughs> Look at him. He's fucked up. <laughs> Kill him. Look at my man up front. He tilting his head. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's got the killing gene. So she starts warning her granddaughter about it. Uh, and the granddaughter's like, no, fuck you. We're leaving together. We're leaving this stupid town. Sure. Uh, and uh, and then uh Lori pretends to kill herself as like a way to bait him in, I guess. Uh, I don't get it. Why would that bait him in? It's so stupid. So she baits him in, then she shoots him. He's like incapacitated. And uh, we're talking about the other guy, right? The other guy, yeah. Uh, he's incapacitated. Then um, he's like, if I can't have her, nobody can. He literally says that uh, twice. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man! And then he stabs. Come on, man! He stabs himself in the neck. What? Uh, and then the granddaughter comes in and thinks that Lori has murdered him, and uh, but that doesn't really last very long because she leaves and then she comes back to find Michael uh, now in the house fighting his final battle with Lori, uh, and then they fight each other, uh, and she like slits his throat, cuts his wrists, like he bleeds out. Uh, and then at the end, they put him through a fucking wood chipper. <laughs> Fargo style. Yeah. They like the whole town comes out and they like crowd surf him into a wood chipper. <laughs> no fucking way. Are you serious? That's literally how it ends. What? <laughs> Michael Myers? Michael Myers gets put through a wood chipper and that's the end. Um, but is the other protege still out there? No, he's dead. So it really just ends. It really ends. Is there no cliffhanger? No cliffhanger. That's stupid. That's it. It why, ends. Why would anyone want that? It's really fucking dumb. It's a bad movie. And and some other just little highlights of like, you remember like the, was it Halloween Kills? I think it was that I had <laughs> pointed out. Evil dies tonight. Yeah. But the, but the little detail thing that I had pointed out about that was that the trees are all green. Like yeah. they didn't even bother to film in the fall to make it look like it's Halloween. Sure. Um, so Halloween the franchise overall takes place in Illinois, right? Illinois? Yeah, it's it's a town it's Haddonfield, Illinois. Oh, okay. What I know about the first movie is that they physically painted the leaves orange because uh-huh. they filmed it in LA. Yeah. So so it takes place in a town it's it's just suburban Illinois, right? Um this movie has like the widest range of accents I've ever heard <laughs> and not a single one of them sounds even Midwestern, let alone Illinois. Like you're close to Illinois and Missouri, right? Yeah. It's right over the river from us. Yeah. Um, but either way, I mean, I don't have to be an expert to tell you that like the bullies who, who go after the kid, they all sound like they're from New Jersey. <laughs> like it's such a lazy conceit to be like, well, we have bully characters. Let's make them sound like they're from New York. <laughs> like, let's make them have that like bully voice. What's the bully voice? Do it. Like the like. Hey, I, I think it's a friend here. <laughs> who, uh, you. Oh, that fucking freak. <laughs> <laughs> it's that freak. You a baby. Who killed a baby. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's let's take you out on a little ride, friend. <laughs> yeah, they're like that's how they talk to him. We're gonna fit you with some fine concrete shoes. There's a couple other really funny ones that I caught. Like, there's a woman who sounds like she's from California. There's um, there's like an Irish guy. Like, nobody sounds like they're Midwestern though. It's so funny. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Um, sounds bad. Yeah, I probably. We'll still watch it. <laughs> Not anytime soon, but I'll I'll definitely see it. I've yeah, seen all of those just movies. to see the wood chipper part. Like I can't. I mean, I watched Halloween Kills, and I knew that was going to be bad, mm-hmm. and it was so it bad. was so bad. It's so fucking bad. And all I of this like stuff that when I saw Dark Knight Rises in the theater, I was like, Hollywood can't make a movie worse than this. Like this is <laughs> this is like Mystery Science Theater level like incompetent right and they just keep outdoing themselves like movies have gotten like bigger budgets and more incompetent Mm -hmm. it's so crazy yeah i can't believe halloween kills exists (laughs) that movie feels like it would have been roasted as an x-files episode yeah like critics would have been like what is this (laughs) bullshit and, uh, and it just has nothing to it. And I remember watching it at the time and being like, well, it feels like it's just it's filler because they have a tr- they have to do a trilogy, but they only had ideas for two movies. Right. <laughs> it has to just be filler between them. But then seeing this, I'm just like, so what was the point of this? Why not just make the first movie? Because you did yeah. OK on the first movie. You know, like people liked the first one. Uh, I mean, I think it's a pretty like I watch it and I was like, OK fine yeah you know it wasn't the worst halloween but it's also like if you begin your process with a trilogy you kind of have to have some sort of an idea for like how they all string into each other what they mean that you know except jj abrams decided that no yeah you can just (laughs) have an idea that there should be a trilogy and then just write it as you go right this it feels like there's some sort of like an idea about evil, right? Because they do the like evil dies tonight, and like this one is like she's writing her book about evil, and like the evil is passed on to this guy. But it's like what? But what are you saying about <laughs> evil? Like, and what is evil? Like, what? What is any of this for? What does it mean? Yeah, I don't know. Terrible. Yeah, it sucked. Um, what did you watch this week? Uh, this week on the plane home from uh from florida i guess that was last weekend uh i watched well first i the second thing i put on i i kind of slept through the first thing mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i slept through the first like 15 minutes of it and then the second thing i put on was super pets okay uh which i did not finish and I, you 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 are familiar with the super pets i'm a big fan of the super pets like actually, conceptually which they do not care about like they there's it's funny because there's little references to like ace the bat dog uh but he's not bruce wayne's pet in this uh-huh. movie he's like it's like we know we're straying away from this to make it like kid friendly and you fucking 30 year old nerds don't matter to us at all, but we'll, you know, we'll, we know what we're doing. Right. Um, I didn't get to if streaky's in it or if Beppo's in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the monkey. That's uh, a, whose monkey is it? Superman. They're all Superman's. Oh, they're all Superman's. Yeah. Uh, most of them are super pets. There's a horse 
whose name I always forget. And then there's Beppo and then there's Tricky the cat. And then there's Crypto the super dog. And Crypto's the main character. And they all have Superman powers? Uh, yeah, most of them. What is the story there? I don't know. <laughs> like, because he's from Krypton. Yeah. And in this movie, the dog is also from Krypton. Uh, it was just, I could, it was... So there's people, there's like, it's basically, Krypton is just a planet that's like, like ours, but everyone's super. No. Krypton is a planet that's futuristic ours, humans, um, and they're normal. And then it blows up. And then the when they go to our planet, the sun, the light of the, like the radiation oh, of the I sun see. So they, turns you super. They don't have a sun? No, they have a red sun interesting so it's the yellow sun it's the different radiation is the idea okay so, all right i like that so it's Superman, better than it's better than it being a planet of just everybody's superman no no yeah <laughs> it's just like if superman will goes to a different planet away from or a different galaxy this mm-hmm. happens sometimes in the comics he'll go to like a different galaxy he doesn't have any powers right because he's like near a red sun does he have like what about like a cloudy day does that no, ever it doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. No. <laughs> anyway, that movie was very for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, and I hadn't like sat down and watched a kids movie in a long time, and I like had no frame of reference on like how to critique it. Yeah, I was like, that's cute. I guess it made me laugh in a couple places, but it's just like so for children mm-hmm. that I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Like, nothing makes any sense because like the dog is just like unreasonably <laughs> like attached to superman and mad that he's like spending any time without him right trying to marry uh, lois lane Uh uh-huh and he's like no you can't you're my friend uh it's silly but it was kind of cute um not the point the thing i really watch was called breaking um which is starring john boyega and uh, i believe it was the last movie that um michael k williams was in uh, the um, Omar from The Wire. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever watch The Wire? Uh, yeah, I watched you... the first season. Oh, so you didn't even get to Omar? Uh, I guess. No, Omar's much later. Um, he's not the dude who who whistles. No, he's the gay guy with a shotgun. Yeah, the dude who whistles. Oh, is he in the first season? I could, I mean, I've seen the dude whistle, so <laughs> I don't know about whistle. He shoots the shotgun and he whistles the cheese stands alone. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, he died. And I think one of the last movies he was ever in was this movie called Breaking. Um, yeah, it was posthumously released. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is about... John Boyega plays a Iraq veteran who is sort of not all not all there mm-hmm. he's a little bit um i don't know he's on the spectrum or something he's really sweet sure but he's just like sort of odd um and he is just having trouble like readjusting to life not in the military and he can't hold down a job and this is uh, the the sort of setup for what the plot is i kind of i, I slept through a little of it um but he like separates from his wife and he has a daughter and he's trying to make things happen, but he's just having trouble doing so. And his VA benefits keep getting like taken away from him. Mm-hmm. And he's like going to the VA and he's like, you owe me this much. He's like very meticulous in like calculating 
what he's owed and stuff. And he's like, you owe me $892.38. And they're like, no, because of this. And he's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Like he's like reading all the rules back to them and they're just like trying to fuck him over like constantly. And uh, so he like kind of makes the scene and then gets like slammed on the floor and arrested and like they like break his glasses and it's like this thing. He's just like very aggrieved. Mm. So he robs a bank. Nice. And he's like, he takes a, uh, he like has this like detonator bomb thing that he gets from a friend um, in a backpack and he goes to the bank and he's like, I want the VA to give me $800 uh-huh. and you know, he has the exact amount or I'll blow this place up. It's his bank. He's like, I want it into my bank account. And so the whole movie is a negotiation kind of thing. Michael K. Williams is the negotiator. Okay. Um, the mom from white Lotus is like a news reporter or whatever. Nice. Um, and it's sort of paint by numbers. Um, a little bit, except John Boyega is just really good. Mm-hmm. Like John Boyega and Michael K. Williams are like just doing a really good job. Um, and the movie kind of ends in like the way you'd expect it to end. But what's interesting is, is that the whole time John Boyega just like knows what's going to happen. He's just like, he doesn't trust anybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he he's like, all I want is for the VA to do this. And the, 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 the tellers at the bank are like, look, I'll just put $800 in your account. Like, that's easy. Right. I can do it. You don't even want that much money. It's <laughs> fine. And he's like, no, I want them to do it. And they're just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the movie is basically this whole, like, I guess, treat, treatise on, like, how we don't treat veterans veterans well or whatever but it's also sort of about you know specifically black veterans and you know michael k williams was also in the marines and Mm -hmm. they talk a lot about like being there for your family and you know it's all these like long conversations that are like acted really well but the movie just kind of has this like view from nowhere where it's just like shouldn't be so mean to veterans or whatever and it's like well there's like all of this commentary about like the structure of like the banks and like the bureaucracy that is like never really addressed Mm -hmm. uh and also like the cops and how like they treat him that's never really addressed michael k williams is a cop Mm -hmm. it's just like kind of this and at the end it all made sense when it like shows like it's a true story Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, it's a true story, which makes it much sadder. Mm-hmm. And also, but also just like, oh, that's why it doesn't like mean anything. Yeah. It just feels yeah, like yeah, this yeah. pointless <laughs> tragedy of just like this guy who was so clearly correct and just wanted someone to treat him fairly. And then they just killed him for no reason. Right. <laughs> it's like, why did I watch this? It was making me think <laughs> of... um, uh. <coughs> the queen's the queen's gambit i didn't watch it yeah it's like but it's like one of those things where like the most common google question for it is like is it a true story and the reason is because like it's like you're saying it's like it sometimes it's just so aimless and there's like all this shit added to it where you're just like this has to only be here because it really happened yeah is that what happened is this a real true no it's not that's a weird that's the weirdest thing about it is that like (laughs) it's so hard to believe it's not a true story because of how much random shit happens in it where you're just like this didn't really 
mean go anything anywhere. or <laughs> go anywhere. This character isn't really serving the plot very much. Like, it's super weird. Yeah. Uh, on on Wikipedia, Rotten Tomatoes consensus says, Breaking struggles to effectively convey its messages, but its noble intentions are well served by John Boyega's, Boyega's electrifying performance. And that's exactly correct. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I got from it, that it's like, it's almost worth watching because Boyega is great. Michael K. Williams is great. Um, and I just, I, I had never really seen a movie like that where it's like a dog day afternoon kind of thing. But like, he's going there to prove a point and has no intentions or no, he has no real belief that it's going to go his way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just wants to get on the news and like say that this is happening. Right. Knows he's going to die. Yeah, he's like that guy um, in, uh, in, uh, killing of america oh yeah you remember there's the guy who like takes over the news station he's just like i don't want to hurt any of you guys whatever like safe place i can put you guys into you guys go there because yeah. like i'm gonna shoot it out with the cops and that's gonna be the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it is like that um sad movie um especially oh my god it's like pretty heartbreaking at the end because the last thing he does is like call his uh his like four-year-old daughter Oh God! Uh, so don't watch it. <laughs> uh, but she's just like seeing him on the news and stuff, and yeah. like piecing together what's happening. Oh God! Um, and she like calls him, and and he calls her, and they like read their little bedtime story or whatever, dude. And she's like, "You're gonna be okay, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." And it's really bad. Get it's- lost. <laughs> I'm like one of those fucking losers with their dogs. I just like, I, I can't do it. Like It's a baby though. It's yeah, really it's sad. a real, it's a much more important thing. Yeah. And she's uh, really good. <laughs> the, the little kid actors also incredible. Speaking of dogs though, did you see that fucking, um, in the, so the candy crush sky thing, yeah. right? Uh, the woman who I guess was like responsible for putting it together, tweeted about it. And like, she had some fucking annoying ass, you know, millennial post bullshit where it's like uh these are like better for the environment than fireworks and they you know do this this and this and they don't scare very good dogs <laughs> yeah the, the the beautiful puppos the, or whatever the, the beautiful puppers <laughs> shut up <laughs> floofers i like dogs but come on now come on shut up <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway i uh don't even know do i recommend breaking not really mm. it's if you're just you, gonna wanna you're gonna wanna wait for the sequel. I think what's interesting breaking to electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think what's cool about it is that like Boega it, it feels it feels like Boega does a better job than Washington and and John Q. Like he's really going for it. Mm-hmm. Um and the acting is if you really just like wanna watch someone act, sure. It's cool. It's I really, love to watch someone but it's act. It's just really sad. Yeah. And it's it's frustrating. It makes you the whole point of the movie is to make you feel as frustrated as this guy who's driven to the point that he uh robs a bank to make a point. Mm-hmm. And it's successful in that. And I was like, I gotta watch Super Pets to like cleanse that palate. <laughs> I gotta watch these stupid dogs. Yeah, which was cute. Uh okay. Let's get to our feature presentation. Let's do it. This is the Wachowskis' fourth movie. Yeah. From 2008. Speed fourth Racer. Or fifth. Well, it's Bound, Matrix, one, two, three. Oh, yeah, fifth. Fifth, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, it's it's the movie they made right after The Matrix. Um, and this is like, I mean, it's it's such a. It's um, called Speed Racer. It's called Speed Racer. Uh, it's it's such a um, like a monument to where they were at in their career at that point where like they could do anything you can do anything you can like nobody can stop you you've made you've like revolutionized film with a blockbuster nobody does that multiple you only do one or the other you know that's true right you only revolutionize film or you hit a block you hit it big with a blockbuster yeah they did both and they're just untouchable and 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 it's so magnificent even if i don't particularly love this movie like it's so magnificent to see somebody with that much with that much capital with that much like political purchase purchase, whatever like just go bananas (laughs) on the dumbest shit in the world (laughs) and 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 do it so big and so consistent and so wild and like yeah it's it's truly something else speed racer is fucking wild it's crazy it's so stupid like the story sucks the, no, the actual <laughs> the actual content of the movie is so bad <laughs> but it looks so cool all the time and it's fucking wild well, let's, and let's tell them what the story is emile hirsch is speed racer there's this, the cast is stacked it's emile hirsch christina ricci john goodman susan sarandon matthew fox uh richard roundtree's in this movie mm-hmm. uh tons of people um What's the guy who plays uh, Royalton? He's like also he he's famous for uh, God. Who's Royalton? Um, Roger Alam. He pl- he's like a lauded like he has a he has an award for um, he has an award for playing Javert in mm-hmm. like Les Misérables. You know he's a yeah real real actors real actor. in this psychotic movie <laughs> <laughs> so emile hirsch's speed racer uh it's, it's a little hard to to wrap this like story up because it's so all over the place yeah it's constantly shifting like a dream between and i have to i'm gonna tell you after but like this is a very this is like the main core of the movie is that they wanted to make a movie that was not linear mm-hmm. in any way um but it's basically centered around three races. The first race is the race that his big brother had the record for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a qualifying race. And it's this race sort of sets up their family dynamic. It's that like um, his father has this car company. He, spon- he makes these cars for his sons. They're really good. They're, he's the best in the business, but yeah. he's sort of like a, a poor guy. And... Uh, yeah, they're doing it for the love of the sport. Yeah, he's a craftsman. He's not a businessman. Yeah. Um. So, and then his brother died in a rally. No, no, no. Yeah, a rally race in in the mountains. Yeah, it's like a Grand Prix. It's like the big. It's the big race. Not the Grand Prix. The one in the middle. The rally one that was like in the. Oh, mountains. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Um. So he he so he dies. He explodes in a cave. He got he got like caught up with some sort of like bad side of racing where people are betting and people are telling you know people to to lose and yeah. to set setup up and also this is not regular racing. This is the cars jump. They have weapons. It's Mario Kart, basically. 
Yeah, it's um, it's it's Mario Kart. It's real life Mario <laughs> Kart, and real life Mario Kart means you can like murder like pre- pretty much at will. It seems like the only thing that's like <laughs> off limits is there was that one like harpoon thing that the guy used that they were like, no. Well, you're not supposed to do any of it. <laughs> oh, but like the guys openly shoot guns at each other all the time. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, that would that's the rally one is supposed is like, you know, full of like hiding and stuff. Also, what's funny is they have these bubbles. Like whenever their car crashes, I don't know if you even noticed this, but there's like foam bubbles that they bounce away in. Mm. Like nobody dies in this movie. Yeah. Every, there's always like a shot of a parachute or a little bubble where they're inside of Well, that's it. like Speed Racer classic. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, I mean, the movie is weirdly um, slavish to the style of the original anime yes um, and that's what i love about it it's incredible <laughs> is is how fucking just like like it's it's so funny because it's like it 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 has all the hallmarks of like fan service but like to a degree where it's like nobody's a fan of it like this it's point. <laughs> it's yeah like it's it's fan service for the only fans of this franchise which are the wachowski <laughs> sisters like the only people who give a shit about speed racer this much are them and they made yeah. it for them and that's all it is you know it's like because it's like fan service you normally would expect to be like you know uh like uh um like would be samuel L. jackson in a movie saying motherfucker you know that's sure. fan service or when you get into like franchise fan service you know we have like an appearance from daredevil's friend from the comic or whatever you Wolver- know wolverine and, and uh, colossus doing the cannonball special or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. some stupid shit like uh ryu doing a hadouken that's you know that w- this is like like edited the same way yes like you do like pans with people's face the same way <laughs> you have like the kid the the youngest kid being like fully insane <laughs> just because that's how it is in the yeah. show <laughs> they make like no yeah. changes whatsoever <laughs> it's literally like it might as well be like the vince von psycho like <laughs> <laughs> um so so the story is is that he is beating his his older brother's time and he lets it he he slows down and lets his brother's ghost win to like keep some sort of like cherished memory of him um but he wins the race and this catches the eye of a super mega corporation called royalton industries run by the ceo mr royalton and he's like oh we'll give you all of the fancy he like invites their family over to his big huge spy kids mansion mm-hmm. <laughs> uh where they like <laughs> spy kids is a really good shout for this by the way yeah. it does feel very spy kids there's a lot certain, of the time there's certain effects and and ideas in here that feels like spy kids um and they're making you know f- on the line they have a factory line of cars they you know just to the nines it's hard to ex- explain how imaginative and like dreamlike his ridiculous company is yeah but he's like we're gonna give you gazillions of dollars sign with us um he doesn't know if he wants to he wants to be good to his dad uh and that's sort of where the main like crux of the conflict of this movie comes from is that the dad is very traditional and against corporations and mm-hmm. against you know very billionaires or whatever yeah and 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 he loves he loves what he does he loves the craft and he thinks it'll be perverted by that basically and it turns out he's right of course he is Uh, yeah the movie is not uh subtle 
<laughs> it's very broad and you know the wachowskis are very commie ladies yeah sure. and so this f- movie is about how systemically there's been this like history of billionaires who run this thing and it's not actually it's always been set up it's always been about manipulating stock prices about making money for the people who already have the most money and if he signs with Royalton, he will be, you know, just another pawn in this game that he'll never be able to control, um, which is if they tell him to win, he wins. If they tell him to lose, he loses. Everyone mm-hmm. already, this is stuff that is set up by uh, people in offices, you know, board members and shareholders. Um, and he's like, fuck you, I don't give a shit. Um, so he finds all of this out and then there's like a regulatory office that clearly doesn't have a lot of power. And they're like, Hey, we figured out a way. This guy has like a document that will put Royalton in jail for all of his crimes. Um, if you can win this rally race, help him win. He said, he'll give us that stuff. And then we can, you know, exact vengeance on Royalton. So he goes and does the rally race and that's a whole nother long sequence yeah. about this Asian guy and his sister and like that whole long thing. It's very complicated. There's so much <laughs> shit. It's just, it's... But it's told very fluidly. Like it just is injected into your mind. Yes, that I would agree with. It's it's relentless. You it's know? relentless. It's, that's really what it feels like is just this movie is like, it's, it's like churning. putting your brain onto a power sander. <laughs> And just like not letting it go until the movie's done, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so the rally race is on the. It's not on a track. It's in mountains. Yeah, and, and that's where his brother died. That's where his brother died. So he lies to his dad, so he could do this. But clearly, they find out. Sprinkle or whatever uh, watches it on the TV, mm-hmm. and they fly there. His whole family comes, and he's like, "All right, fine." But your car's all fucked up because of all the you know, defensive additions you've done. So he fixes it and then they win that race. Um, but the Asian guy, uh, uh, betrays. He's like, Oh, it was actually just to make the stock price of their company go up so he can sell it to Royalton. He wasn't actually going to give us that stuff. Right. So he's like, damn, but that means, but the sister gives him the invitation to the grand prix, which he didn't qualify for. Um, so he's like, hey, if you win this race, you could fuck Royalton over that way. It's the biggest one. It's the world championship. So he enters that and then wins that race. And then during that race, he uh, exposes Royalton for using a hook. Something. Yeah, there's some sort of like a, a gadget that he's using that he's like not supposed to use or something. Yeah. And everybody like around him just starts going, hmm, no, no. <laughs> wrong wrong wrong, wrong. Not, not allowed <laughs> shame but on you shame 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 he he like does a cool move where he uh he shows it to the camera right like, by jumping with the car or whatever uh and then he wins and that's the end of the movie what's important to know is that every single race is shot like a stream of consciousness of every single memory anyone has ever had relative to the races that they're running Mm -hmm. it's you're learning about their family about their past about their future about their relationships through montage and so one thing i when i was reading about this i hadn't actually i saw this movie in the theater recently like there was Mm -hmm. a my friend steven was like 
you got to see this movie with me. It's in IMAX. This wow. Was, this was like right before the pandemic, I think in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, it's one of my favorites. I was like, what? Really? And this was, I was starting to get back into like the Wachowskis later stuff. Like I watched, you know, uh, I was starting to revisit the, the Matrix sequels and like those. And mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Uh, and it was incredible on the in in IMAX, yeah, you know, bet. and I believe 3D too. Um, it was wild, uh, but I was I I hadn't really read anything about it, but I read um, this week. I listened to an interview, <laughs> and Lana and Lily are just talking about after the Matrix, they had realized that like. Com- computer technology editing digital technology had gotten to a place where they could literally just do anything Mm -hmm. and they they started from a basis of like what can we do we could make the first cubist movie like we could show every perspective of something like kaleidoscopically right like there's no rules anymore and they were just like everyone is aesthetically similar. Like everyone still is just showing things normally. And they were like, we want to completely devoid ourselves from that. And we want to pursue something like where we're just showing time and memory unfolding in like a long, in like a month, a stream. And they were like, well, adults will hate this. They'll run us out of town on a rail. If we try to do this for an adult movie, yeah. what if we do it for kids? <laughs> and so they made speed racer. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like really hot. They're like, they literally thought of like, we're going to take Picasso's ideas and philosophically like make this like really high minded thing technically. And then they applied it to a sports movie, right. a speed racer movie. <laughs> Cause they're crazy. Cause they're crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. You know, it's, you watch it and you just are like, this is like, I, I have to picture like, you know they they had a lot of they had a lot of purchase going into this they had a lot of you know they, they had a lot of buy-in because they'd proven themselves over and over and over again everybody had to let them do this but yeah their cred is off the charts at this moment but, but there has to be points along the way where people with money <laughs> are seeing earlies and they're like what <laughs> i'm sorry this is insane and and, and I kind of picture now that like every time they're showing earlies to somebody, that person just has like an irreparable seizure and <laughs> like and, 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 and they just like defeated them. Yeah, exactly. It's just like every time somebody comes to be like, No, we're not giving you any more money for this, they just have a seizure and are brain damaged <laughs> to the point where they can no longer work for the company. They made this costs one hundred and twenty million, uh-huh. which isn't not that much. It, well, it's not that much now, but oh, like true, the yeah. Matrix movies, like only cost that much. I think total. Yeah, the second movie was one hundred twenty two, mm-hmm. uh, and the Matrix Revolutions less one hundred ten. Wow. Well, like they made them at the same time, so it's sort of hard to say. I think they got two hundred fifty, which was a record at the time. Mm-hmm. And now is like not even that much. Now it's now it's not even close. But like the first Matrix movie only cost sixty three. So this was, you know, on par with their biggest movies, hundred twenty million, and only made ninety three back. Yeah, I bet. Um, I just I. The thing is, the explanation of making this for kids doesn't hold much water, 
because this is very obviously not for kids. Even if it is childish and, you know, the story is simple and kid-friendly and it's based on kids' property and whatever, it is long. It's really long (laughs) and really complicated and really weird. And just as somebody with a kid, I would never let him watch this. I would never let him watch this because it's fucking, like, it's... It's like um it's like I when I revisit like Sonic the Hedgehog and I'm like how did our parents let us just stare into this? <laughs> like it's just so much. There's no way it's not doing brain damage. <laughs> I think it's expanding. No, definitely it's so not. So cool. Definitely not. That's some fucking hippie shit. It's not expanding. <laughs> it's expanding. <laughs> I think so. It's definitely doing damage. <laughs> it's no. smoothening your brain. <laughs> it's cool. I love it, yeah. but it's it, but you're right. It's not for kids. It, it feels it, like doing drugs. It feels like, yes. And it feels like you have to have a level of understanding of how movies work to even like process what you're looking at. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're, ta- and I don't think they would argue that they're trying to do this either. I don't think it's about tapping into like some like more processable way of telling stories. Like it's, it's dense. It's like James Joyce. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's like it's like reading a Pynchon novel where it's just like everything is a footnote to a do- another like tangent, but you're supposed to be reading it at the same time. Yeah, like you're supposed to be processing the race and the emotion of like his like loss of his brother and his like <laughs> his father's like reaction to that. But I think it really works um, for me. Like the moments where you actually have these like emotions set up, like the very last race culminating in like a montage of everything you've seen him, like get like why he likes, why he cares so deeply about driving, Mm -hmm. why he wants to do this for his brother, for his mom, for his father, for his younger brother like it's all sort of like happening at the same time but they don't lose the pace of the race that's what's really impressive to me yeah editing wise it's like you're watching this happen and it's still exciting as a race but then they're like imbuing it with all of the emotions but not in a way that's like oh remember the flashbacks to the thing it's like somehow evolved and on top of it and like literally visually in what you're looking at it's very hard to explain but i think that like makes because i don't really care about sports movies right like i'm very rarely someone who can like watch a basketball movie and be like yay Mm -hmm. okay but like this movie i think gets you there like better than a regular sports movie right uh where it's like it imbues the race with what you're supposed to be feeling somehow um and I think it's it's like really impressive. <laughs> it's really masterful. Yeah, it's I mean, impressive is definitely a word I'd use for it. Sure. Um I don't know that I agree with you all the time about like how much it's able to imbue the emotion into things. I feel like a lot of the time it just feels more like it it feels more like an energy that's hitting you than necessarily getting into you. 
you know like i i i I get the sense more of like i said earlier that it 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 feels like doing drugs and i don't mean that in like a whoa trippy like colors sort of way but rather like which it is which it is but not like that what i mean is the sensation of like doing a drug and like having it hit you and having that moment that first moment where you're like oh here it is guess i'll see you later you know that sort (laughs) of like that sort of feeling of like well here's the precipice i always when i take mushrooms i always describe this feeling on the corners of my eyes that like it it's like a pressure that pushes in on either side of my face and pushes my eyes inward okay and that's when i know that the trip started oh um, interesting and, and this movie, i don't recall that this movie has that sort of feeling for me where like it just like grips you and takes you and then at the end of it you're like well I don't know really <laughs> what I gained from that. It was crazy. Yeah. It was cool. It's kind of, I mean, this is what acid was like for me in a lot of ways is like, and again, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, trippy colors, but rather like the way that like, it just like lifts you up, throws you through this insanity and then dumps you at the other end. And it's like, there you go. <laughs> Process it, buddy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I can't, I can't do the work for you. <laughs> you did something scary (laughs) time to deal with that yeah like i don't think that i i really like i don't think that i retained much content from the movie but i definitely like felt it all the way through you know it's it's interesting like i think the only times that i really was able to like wrap my head around something as if it were a movie like as if it were a story that i was watching are like when you see racer x and you're like that's the brother you know like (laughs) you see the monkey and the kid going into some hijinks and you're like they're gonna get in trouble yeah there's like these little moments where you can just see what's gonna happen and you're like okay this is i've seen a movie before i know what happens here right but otherwise like this didn't hit me like a traditional story in any way no it's crazy it's 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 all happening at once and it it feels like yeah like to try to follow it in that way and to try to like process it in that way is just like a fool's errand you know like you really just need to kind of you just need to just let it wash let it wash over you you need to like ride the wave i definitely felt that way the first time i saw it in the theater Mm -hmm. where i was just like what the fuck is this and then by halfway through, I was like, I'm having a great time. Yeah. And then at the end, you know, it like f- f- definitely like hit me emotionally, especially when because there are like there are, the movie is relentless, but there are quiet moments too, like a couple like mm-hmm. when like when the dad and the son have like a, a talk, like there's this one moment in the movie where it's just like a regular movie. There's no <laughs> panning and then flashbacks or whatever they just have a moment where they're like i don't want you to die yeah and i'm afraid of that and they talk about how like when we watched this this race together and we like found our love of racing and he's like i just want you to be okay and like that moment is really good and and i think it's really it's just normal though and they like let them act and i think there's a couple moments where they let it breathe just so you can have those things and they later function as like a sauce on the, on the races. Mm -hmm. Um, But besides those moments, like it was all sort of blurry this time I watched it and I've sort of saw the seams more. 
um, and that it's three races. Like the movie is just three races. Right. And it gets us between it's them. It's a beginning race, a middle race and an end race. And then there's all this ornament on it. And like getting the stakes for each of those races is like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then the races are crazy, but like it is structured sort of, mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's just the process of the, everything like blooms out at the, at the very end of the m- movie, there's a shot where he's like skidding all over the thing. And then the track itself turns into like a Tsunamagashi painting mm-hmm. where it like turns into water. <laughs> uh, do you remember this shot yeah, yeah. where like, like, like the paint starts like moving? Um, that's how the whole movie is to me. Yeah. Just like everything starts connecting and folding in on itself. Yeah. I love the moments in it where they just like, they, they really just dig in. Like, uh, <laughs> there's like one shot where like he finishes a race and then just everything is the checkerboard. Yeah, that's the very end. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like it like it becomes like a tunnel and then it yeah. like goes infinite it's like fucking 2001 <laughs> yeah it's like it, it feels like uh like the end of a fireworks display where they're like and now all of it everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're just being like sucked into a sand brackage movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh it's crazy yeah and i think i think you're right though that like i wish they had just i wish they didn't have the things that sat the worst for me this time was, and and I don't even think it's that bad because they're so quick and inconsequential, Mm. but like the absolute nonsensical, like little kid and monkey stuff. Yeah. It's just like, who is this for? Who's it for? What's it adding? Christina Ricci doesn't really add a whole hell of a lot. That's true. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of characters that don't need to be in it. There's a lot of side plots that don't need to be in it. I like when Sparky drinks the milk though. Mm Mm-hmm he doesn't need to be there at all, but it is sort of cute that he's like kind of this other character that is like, I'm helping. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, I think if I was going to diagnose anything in this, I'd say cut half an hour off of it, you know? Yeah. But what, but what? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shit with like, I mean, I kind of agree, but like, there's a lot of shit with like the Asian guy that I'm just like, I don't know what this is really adding necessarily. Like, yeah. Uh, but that is sort of the setup for the race. You could take uh, some of it out. Oh, like all the stuff where they're like, yeah, you really don't need all of the stuff where with the piranhas and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, the piranhas. I don't give a shit about that whole sequence. Um, yeah, there's stuff that you could cu- you could cut from this, and yeah. I think it's so indulgent. And but that's kind of the point. It's kind right? of the point. That's kind of what you're here for. You're here to eat frosting. Like that's the whole point <laughs> of this. Yeah. But I do think that there's bones and there's, they're trying to communicate something about mm-hmm. like passion and doing something for the right reasons. It's not, it's not useless. Yeah. But it's just, but it's also not like, it's not exactly like breaking the mold in any way. Like sure. the, the, for being such a wild and crazy visual movie, like, the actual narrative it's telling is like, I don't know. That's like an episode of Speed Racer. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> these are things that like are in children's cartoons. Like for sure, it's not that exciting. I guess the story, but I guess that's what you're saying is it's you know they're trying to apply it to kids. But then if you're applying it to kids, you can't make it over two hours long. Sure, there's not a kid alive. <laughs> there's not a kid I w- alive. I would have liked this when I was a kid for sure. But you wouldn't have watched it in one sitting. No, I do. I, w- I was watching all kinds of shit. 
at what age are we talking? Really here? young. <laughs> There's no kid who's under 10 years old. I don't believe it. Who's sitting through a over t- two hour movie. How long is the Wizard of Oz? How long is the Wizard of Oz? The Wizard of Oz 1939 film. I guess it's only 101 minutes. Yeah. That movie feels so long. There's a lot of musical numbers too. That helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this movie. That's what this could have used. A couple of musical numbers. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we just throw some singing in here? Why not? Uh, this movie didn't do very well. Mm-hmm. It did okay, but was a f- I think it didn't make its money back. Yeah. And then they went on to make Cloud Atlas much later using a lot of the same ideas. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Cloud Atlas? No, but I, I feel like every time it comes up, I always ask you if that's the one where they where they do like weird Asian. brown face. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's awesome. <laughs> that movie is so good, mm-hmm. uh, and it's shocking. And that one's like this, but for adults. Um, it's just a bunch of actors playing like six different characters over centuries and millennia, and like tying all those stories together yeah. with this sort of feeling, but it's not as breakneck candy color balls of the wall Mm -hmm. it's like more graceful um it's a really beautiful movie um and underrated i think uh because of you know people are like they did asian face or whatever Mm -hmm. um who cares who Uh, cares who cares uh i think it's good uh and i don't know i think that this these directors are like you said, like they're the only people who like did something. They were able to revolutionize film and make a blockbuster and then like do interesting stuff with that. Yeah. Um and sometimes I don't I don't know if they're like fully successful. Like Jupiter Ascending is a movie that feels like if a Marvel movie was good, mm-hmm. which is like not great. <laughs> it's like, oh, a good Marvel movie. But it's like you could have done something more interesting than that. <laughs> yeah, but I very much appreciate at least the fact that like, you know, it took them this long to go back to the Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and even then, it felt very hostile. Like they they were forced to do it. Um, but so this is their first big experiment, and I think it is very fruitful. I think th- to me, it's not, you know. Like, it's for kids, kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, and I think that it sort of limits itself, and I think it was a little bit... I don't know. I think that's my main gripe with it, is that it almost feels a little cowardly to be like, they're going to hate you either, because like they, they literally, like, they're going to run us out of town. People will crucify us if we yeah. do this. Like, there are aesthetic... People are very afraid of changing aesthetic thing, lanes or whatever. So he said, maybe kids will like it. I think that was a little cowardly, and I think they should have stuck to their guns and be like, people are going to hate this either way. Yeah. Why not just do it? Um, so the stuff that feels like it, it's like tipping its hand towards being for quote unquote for kids just feels out of place and strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I think it's a, a great time. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. I highly recommend it. It's crazy. There's nothing else really like it except for Cloud Atlas. Uh, and even then... It's, and good luck watching that, it's, racist. <laughs> it's also like three hours long. Yeah, it's super so, long. And that's been the main thing that I has kept me from watching it. <laughs> uh, it's really crazy. Um, but this is this is two hours and feels 
just like you get spit out the other side yeah and it's it's really fun i think it's a really fun movie if you can see it in theaters absolutely definitely go see it (laughs) all right that is the episode we recommend it we recommend it. it's wild uh thanks for listening to generation loss the show about movies if you'd like to hear more episodes of the show you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss where we post a bonus episode usually about ranking the movies we've ever seen uh ranking them and doing movie news reading articles all sorts of this all and that. kinds of stuff oh listener emails which listener we'll get emails to, which we'll get to next week uh other than that you can hang out in the discord and you can follow us on twitter gen lost pod follows individually from there and until next time that's, that's movies, movies.